0: Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to the Riggles Rag podcast. The uh, Washington Redskins just finished up their preseason opener against the New England Patriots. So we're going to hit you with a recap. We do have some information, some new information, some new developments that happened in the game. Jacob and Nathan both were able to watch it. Jacob, I guess we'll start with you. What did you see that stood out to you?
1: Well, first of all, the first half performance from the Redskins was pretty, pretty incredible. They led seventeen to nothing at one point in this game, which is hard to believe given the fact that they gave up twenty six unanswered to close the game out. But their second team, particularly on offense, led by Colt McCoy, played very well. Their receivers had a good showing. Both Maurice Harris and Robert Davis looked good. Harris had a really nice touchdown catch where he was able to drag his toe and get one foot in bounds. Davis had a nice play where he beat Stephon Gilmore with his speed over the middle and ran after the catch. Um, and they just looked like a steady unit. The defense in the first half, very good as well. Matt Ioannidis had a nice sack before he went down with an injury. The coverage from Greg Stroman and Danny Johnson was pretty solid too. And they limited Brian Hoyer to the point that I think it angered Bill Belichick because he made Oyer play deeper into the game with that offensive unit. But in the second half, things just fell apart when they put it in that third string. You can't really blame the team for that. They're guys who have not seen NFL action yet, a lot of them. And they were just being given a chance to showcase what they have. And Belichick kept his second team in there, and they beat up on him most of the second half. Bad fundamentals at times, bad missed tackles. That 11-minute drive to start the half really took all the momentum away from the Redskins. So while it was a disappointing loss... If you take a look at that first half, it's still an encouraging development for the team. And I think that's what we really have to take away from this.
2: Yeah, I agree with everything that Jacob said. It was a good showing for those guys who we really expect a lot from, like the draft picks, seeing Greg Stroman and Johnson who are fighting for spots, to see Robert Davis and Mo Harris go out there and compete. I was impressed with both of them, for them to go out there and compete, knowing that one of them is going to, be in that fourth spot and, you know, the other might not even be on the roster. Tim Settle gets some work. Done. I know the broadcaster guys were in love with Tim Settle. I mean, once he once he went in there, I believe he started going in once Matt just went down. I mean, it was every other play they were showing replays of him and talking him up. And he played well. He played very good. I was very impressed, very happy to see him do that. He, he showed really well, especially with Deron Payne not playing. And that's another thing is that they didn't really have a lot of their starters in offensively or defensively. I don't think Jonathan Allen played at all. We know Deron Payne was out. Alex Smith didn't play at all. Josh Dox and Jordan Reed. So for the team to go out and get that 17 point lead with all backups is very impressive. I know that New England's playing backups too, but as Jacob said, Bill Belichick was annoyed with how the Redskins were handling them. So for them to go out there and do that to a frustrated Bill Belichick is impressive. Another thing is my guy, Darius Geis. He's legit, boys. It's it's (laughs) coming. Got hurt. Very scary. I was very upset. But, you know, he had that 34 yard run that was called back on a holding. He showed well. I, I wrote down a couple of notes when he was running and when. Rob Kelly came in, and one thing I noticed with guys is he, he's doing stuff that Rob Kelly won't be able to do, that Somaja Piran won't be able to do. There was a couple times where he would go up the middle, and he ran right into that pile and came out with four or five yards, whereas Somaja Piran or Rob Kelly, that's one or two yards. He's making those quick cuts in the middle there. He's doing everything that he needs to do to show that he's going to be the lead back. He's going to help carry this offense. I love what I saw from him and the young guys Danny Johnson and Greg Stroman I thought they both showed very well if I had to pick I think Greg Strowman won the night I know that Danny Johnson he was in there a little bit he was on screen a little bit more but you see the tight cover on uh, the first drive for New England where they went deep and Strowman's coverage forced the punt Then they had uh, he came back later over the middle broke up a pass and he had the punt returning stuff one disappointment that I know that you guys are going to agree with and then I'll pass it back to you guys I'm talking a lot but uh, <laughs> Troy Apke he was in there all night and he made two plays maybe i mean. He was on screen a lot, but he was not doing much. I was a little bit disappointed with him. I guess I didn't really expect too much from him, but I think it going to show that they definitely overdrafted him. I think that's going to be a very talked-about thing, especially as this team struggles this year.
0: I think we've all been kind of talking about all off season. We're hoping that he can develop. But, you know, it's the first preseason game, which is why uh, we should be excited for some of these young stars. Like you talked about Geis. Didn't catch much of the game. I did see that run, though. Man, dude, he, the burst he had. You know, people were talking about his vision on that run. I don't think the vision was the best part about it because he had a pretty big lane. He just needed to run through it. Yeah once he got into open space the first guy tried to tackle him and he just bounced off of him and how quickly he set his feet after that reset and he's right back at it running full speed so that kind of quickness is something we haven't had that was very exciting to see but you brought up both Guys and Ioannidis so let's get the injury talk out of the way because scary stuff Guys was uh, dragged down in a pile or something uh, got his leg rolled up but uh, they checked it out iced it up a little bit and he was walking around and smiling so hopefully that means good stuff Ioannidis his looked worse than Guys. I think someone fell on it I think MRIs are scheduled for tomorrow right so we'll get an update soon and hopefully hopefully nothing bad happens because those are two really good guys and Ionitis was dominant today from what I saw he he pushed a tackle back into Brian Hoyer he just bull rushed straight straight through so he's good so if we lose him man that's a big impact
1: Yeah, and Ioannidis was incredible early in the going of this game. That that bull rush you mentioned, he just firmly overpowered Adrian Waddle, pushed him right back into Hoyer. And, like, that's what we're going to see from Ioannidis this year, provided that he's healthy. And, uh, you know, injuries always put, like, a damper on games. I know Trey Quinn left with a stomach injury as well after he dropped a pass and got hit pretty hard by a Patriots defender. Clean play, by the way, complete form tackling on the Patriots' part. Nathan, your assessment of Afty, he didn't make a ton of plays, but he did do well. He stayed disciplined in his zone at times, and he had that one nice pass deflection on third down key in the first half. And the fact is, he's a raw player, so even seeing him make that one play was good for me. I know he was a fourth-round pick, but they didn't draft him to be a starter right away. They're hoping he can become a special teams ace and backup. So I was happy to see that. Regarding the injuries, we won't know until we know. Guys, I know, is going to get an MRI, according to Ian Rappaport. That's going to be on Friday, I believe. I imagine Ionitis will do the same. I don't know what's up with Trey Quinn. They listed it as a stomach injury. I thought he might have gotten the wind knocked out of him at the time, but we'll find out exactly what that is. Hopefully, everything's just precautionary, but the fact of the matter is, it's the NFL, and every week players get hurt. So we'll see who the next band up is while they're nursing those injuries. And keep in mind, there's still a full month before the
2: Start of the season. Yeah, and with Matt Ades going down, that's big because if he misses significant time with this, you have to start wondering is he going to be more injury prone? I don't want to put that on him, especially when you have a freak thing like someone falls on you, but that's what's going to be talked about. And if he goes down, then we also have to talk about how much more of an impact guys like Andre Pipkins, who got pushed around, Anthony Lanier, how big they need to come up this year. So it's never good to have guys go down. I mean, you hate to see your running back who's hyped up as much as he is. and loved by his teammates go down. You hate seeing a, a guy who really broke out last year go down again. You know, Trey Quinn, who you know, there is a lot of talk that he has potential and I mean, he got smacked and went down and you know, that's, it's never good but uh, no, Darius Guys was up walking around I didn't see what happened to Matt Ionitis. it looked like Trey Quinn got up under his own power hopefully it's only going to be, you know, stingers for these guys, a couple days of practice, they're out and they'll be good to go if Jager wanted to put him in next week or week three.
0: Yeah, I just uh, I stumbled across a Twitter post by Craig Hoffman, update, he said Geis and Garner get MRIs tomorrow he said ionitis is clean let's not say it's set in stone yet because the injury did look tough so I don't want to get anyone's hopes up and then boom he's out for the season so that is an update there so we'll keep track of that but yeah these injuries are weird man and what worries me about that is we had two high profile injuries in the first preseason game so it's like we still got three more weeks to go I'm like how are we going to get through it? And we dogged on the training staff a lot this off season. I wrote an article about it, but you can't really prepare for these injuries because that was, it's just luck. You know, someone fell on Geiss's, got his leg tangled up. The same happened to Ionidis in the trenches. So it's well, just-
2: I have an update on Darius Geiss. Oh, yeah. Uh, from J.P. Finley. Video of guys in the locker room. Sucking a lie, Pop. Smiling, as he always is. Saying all is good. So, all is well. So, hopefully, you know, they go in there and they find out just a bruise or whatever it is. And he's back out there. I mean... What you said about them needing MRIs and Matt ionitis being clean, that's a little weird to me that they made that diagnosis with a guy who was way down for much longer than Darius Guys and looked worse, but uh, no, whatever, we'll figure it out.
1: Actually, the Redskins Twitter just tweeted out that Jay Gruden says Geis and ionitis are scheduled for MRIs in the morning, so... I don't know what Hoffman heard, but that's at least from the head coach's mouth. And I also think we're focusing a little bit too much on injuries. We have to remember, it is the first preseason game, so if a guy gets even just nicked up, they're going to be taken out as a precaution. Yep. This happens all across the league. It's not like right now where the Chargers, where they lost Jason Brett and Hunter Henry to major injuries in the offseason, like when nothing was happening. I know we're all like a little bit worried because last year the team was super injured, but... I think the bigger thing to take away from this game is not the injuries, but how the young guys played when they were out there and some of the guys that flashed. And uh, one guy we haven't talked about yet, Sean Dion Hamilton, who's oh my from, God. from an injury of his own, he was excellent on that third team defense tonight. And I think he led the team in tackles. He had 10 total, was the team leader. And he was just constantly shooting through gaps. Uh, making stops, the line of scrimmage, and he was just all over the field. and He really looks like a future starter, so I am very excited to see what he can do, especially since he's not going to necessarily be relied upon as a big-time role player this year. So we will have time to develop and get fully healthy and then potentially be a starter down the line
2: yeah for a guy who has said himself that he's not 100 percent, but he's close enough to it for him to go out and do what he did tonight that was incredible man and a guy who a lot of people said well probably, he probably might not make the team probably going to be one of those guys you struggle to get on the practice squad again it's only the first preseason game and they didn't play any starters but that's a game you make where you you know you put a couple of those together you're making a case for the 53 and then they got to look and see zach vigil who flashed a lot he was all over the place i mean that linebacker core looked pretty good tonight i, I like what i saw i like the defense as a Hole until the you know the third string has got in there, I saw a lot from the defense. I liked. Looks like it's going to be a pretty strong unit. I didn't really see anything. Did you guys see anything from Quentin Dunbar? I tried to follow him. I didn't really see him do anything special, but I know limited opportunities at that position. He
0: must have been <laughs> he must have been taken out early because I didn't see much on him. I didn't see much on him or Fabian Moreau. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I didn't see either of them on the field very much, so I think they were only out there very early on, really, if at all. But, yeah, no, I I liked a lot of what I saw out of those individual defenders. Another guy we haven't talked about much at all in general on the site or in the podcasts was Vontae Diggs, the undrafted free agent from UConn. I thought he had a fairly strong showing tonight. Uh, He got pretty good pressure on Brian Hoyer at one point. Hoyer still completed the pass, but, you know, he really affected how that came out of his hands. And he made some good tackles. He had one particularly good one against Ralph Webb in the fourth quarter broken the backfield, stopped him for a two-yard loss, and, you know, he's playing at the outside linebacker position. I don't really know if they have enough room to keep him on the roster, but as a practice squad candidate, Diggs flashed a little bit, and I'll be interested to see if he can keep up that momentum during the rest of the preseason.
0: Yeah, when I was doing my 90-man player rankings earlier in the offseason, Diggs was a guy I really liked. A good athlete, tenacious, so didn't get a whole lot of production at Connecticut, but you know it's clear he's got tools. So, and I was I was happy to hear that he's been doing well. That was good. I also heard down the stretch that Tim Settle was making some plays on the defensive line, which is also good to hear. Because especially when you have Ionitis go down, to have Settle step up is a good thing. With McGee on the pup list too, so.
2: Yeah, Tim Settle really impressed me. What was really impressive about what he was doing was, we've all seen him, he's a big guy. He looked gassed the entire time he was out there, but he was still making plays after play after play. He was bracing through the line, he was pushing people out of the way, he was using his hands, he was getting the backfield, he was chasing guys when they were getting upfield. I mean, he was doing it all. He was really making a case to show that he should have been drafted higher. I really like saw from him. He looks like a future impact player for us.
1: Yeah, and I unfortunately didn't get as many replays as Tim Settle as you did, Nathan. I got stuck with the New England broadcast because I'm from New England. Um, (laughs) I was watching Zoe and the boys talk about the Pats most of the time. But when I saw Tim Settle making plays, he was generally pushing through the line, able to get some run stuffs. And, you know, he got pushed around a little bit at times, but it was because, like you said, he was a little bit gassed. And also, he was probably one of the best players on that third string. And at that point, he was... Was just tired, but I think we have good depth on both sides of the ball. The defense definitely flashed tonight, even though they didn't perform well in that second half. I think there were individual playmakers.
0: Yeah, the Redskins I think in general had a pretty good night. I mean, in preseason you're not looking for wins as the final result. You always want to play to win, but that's not the most important thing in preseason, you know. And they had the 17-0 lead, and that was when the Redskins had a lot of second teamers in. And Belichick, well, he had Brian Hoyer in. I think he had guys like Chris Hogan and Jeremy. Hill still in on the offense, so to fare that well, they competed well there individual performances like Tim Settle and Sean Deon Hamilton were good. Let's pivot to the offensive side of the ball because I know there were some pretty intense position battles there and we wanted to find clarity in our first preseason game and we did not do a lot of that, especially at wide receiver. From what I saw, I was watching some highlights. Maurice Harris had the great touchdown. Robert Davis made some plays. Cam Sims had a deep reception. So what's the deal at receiver? How are we going to make a decision there?
1: Well, from this game, I would say Maurice Harris probably has that number four position locked down, because he's had a good camp, and then the solid route running, the good catching... And just that good awareness to get his feet down in the end zone. Of course, nothing is set in stone in his first preseason game, but I think he's the front runner for that right now. Davis flashed as well. He was really good. I liked what I saw out of Cam Sims a lot. That 57 yard catch, I mean, he, he was wide open when he made the catch, but then he made a couple guys miss running down the sideline. He wasn't blazing fast or anything, but he showed good movement skills and he could end up being a red zone weapon or an over-the-middle-of-the-field weapon because of his size. So, I like like him as a potential guy to make the roster I think the one receiver who was hurt tonight figuratively and literally was Trey Quinn because he left with that stomach injury and you know the the one ball he had thrown to him he dropped so that wasn't particularly good it wasn't the best throw but it was definitely catchable um so I don't think that would write him off the roster at this point obviously but you know I think Harris helped himself the most and Quinn probably helped himself the least uh what are your thoughts Nathan
2: yeah, I agree. I think well, Harris, I think they, they kind of, I don't want to say force fed him the ball, but they definitely were trying to get him his opportunities, get him his work in as best they could. Uh, and he performed well. I like what I saw from him. The touchdown was nice. He had the first couple catches of the game. There was one play where Robert Davis did a drag across the the field and just ran, ran away from some guy. I was really impressed with that. Robert Davis looks like, you know, it, it looks like it's kind of coming to fruition a little bit of what they'd hoped. You know, you draft him as a late-round developmental type guy, and he doesn't really get any action uh, last year. And then he comes in, and he showed good tonight. I mean, he didn't go out and catch five, six, seven, eight balls. But when he did get thrown to him, he did a good job. He ran good routes. He had good speed. Uh, Cam Sims, I like wrestling from him. That, that long catch, like you said, the uh, moves to make guys miss was nice. Um, yeah, Trey Quinn, it sucks that he got hurt. Uh I think that I mean I don't know what the injury is. I don't think it's going to be too serious. He got up, you know, he wasn't down. He didn't get rushed out or anything like that. So he's going to have his opportunities. But yeah, tonight I think Mo Harris. That I think they know that Mo Harris is going to be that guy unless somebody completely blows him out of the water. And uh, they're they're letting everybody see that tonight.
0: Yeah, i I don't remember where I saw it but I did you guys know I love Trey Quinn I'm a big fan of Trey Quinn I, I like his positional a cousin too yeah I know he's my cousin so there is some nepotism there but we can let it slide but no <laughs> uh I he's got all the traits that I like and he's got the versatility you know in the Redskins receiving core you you either have a jameson Crowder or you have uh Brian quick so he's kind of in the middle there and that's what I like but you know you got to be honest he didn't have a great night got hurt, and I, do, I don't I do remember where I saw it, but I remember seeing something, uh, a scout or something, or a former coach said, you know, the only problem I, I would see Trey Quinn having in the NFL is he can't take hits from the guys at the next level. So mm-hmm. that's something to watch. Can he hold up and can he, you know, stay durable? So let's hope this stomach injury is nothing serious. You, you don't hear the term stomach injury often with the NFL, so I'm I'm, I'm hoping he's okay, though, because that sounds kind of serious. I don't know.
2: Yeah, and um, I'm interested to see it. I don't think we'll get to see much of it, but say he does make the team or say he gets a little bit more playing time when Alex Smith is in there, I'm anxious to see, because Colt McCoy, the numbers were fine, but you could tell that he, he looked a little rusty. In my opinion, the, the ball placement wasn't where you'd expect it to be, especially from even him. So, I mean, that throw to him, like, Jacob said it wasn't the best throw; it was catchable, but it kind of left him a little bit more exposed. I feel like, and you know, kind of took took the shoulder there. But so, I'd be interested to see if you know if that is him not being able to take hits, or if maybe in a position where he's not going to be as wide open to taking a shot. You know what I mean? because yeah, it yeah that was kind of just a routine bang bang play.
0: That's so. kind of that's kind of the difference between McCoy and uh, Alex Smith is that McCoy, you know, the receivers had to do more when McCoy was in there. Like Davis, yeah. he, had, he had to extend for that catch. You know, Harris had to uh, compete in that tight space. You know, Alex Smith, the reason he's the starter is because he can make the job easier for them, putting it where it needs to be to get the yards after the catch or whatever. So, yeah, that that was expected for sure. Um, Another quarterback, we're, we're talking about receivers and running back battle. Byron Marshall had a nice play too. The Redskins have a lot of depth all across the board, and they're going to need to make some tough decisions might want to keep an extra player somewhere, and Kevin Hogan, uh, he he's holding down that third spot at quarterback. But he, you know, they're trying to figure out whether to cut him or not to keep another guy. He might have made that decision easy for them tonight. Jacob, how did Kevin look?
1: Oh, bad. I did not like what I saw from Kevin Hogan. Um, I did not expect to like what I would see from Kevin Hogan. I, All right, yeah, here's my thing with Kevin Hogan. I have nothing against him at all. I think like he's a good developmental player, but he's just that. He's a developmental guy. Better scrambler than he is passer right now. He has experience in a pro system, but just, he just wasn't very good tonight. He, he did go 7 of 9, but he didn't make any plays. He was under pressure constantly, which isn't his fault. But he's playing with that, like, third-string offensive line. And, frankly, our second-string offensive line wasn't very good. So, I mean, Hogan was under duress. You can't really blame him for that. But just we needed someone to help us harness some momentum when the Patriots took it to start the second half. And Hogan didn't do that. I actually thought McCoy was better than you guys gave him credit for. I thought his ball placement wasn't, like, perfect, but I thought it was pretty good. And uh, just in general, McCoy looked like if we needed him to start like week one, he could probably get the job done. Uh, Hogan, I think at this point, looks like a certain cut, uh, potential practice squad um, addition if he's practice squad eligible. I'm not sure of that off the top of my head, but I-, I would say just keep Hogan for the preseason, and unless he shocks you, he's gone.
2: Yeah, I agree. I was I, I was hopeful. I had high hopes for him. I like him, but. Uh... He didn't play very well tonight, and, you know, you're in with third string, you know, offensive line, whatever. You got to go out there. You got to do something, and it's easy to sit there. We saw for however long Kirk Cousins there, it, it's easy to sit there and say, well, the numbers look good. He went 7 of 9. He did this. Colt McCoy went, what, like 11 of 14 or something like that with two three yards and a touchdown. It's easy to sit there and look at the numbers and say it's good, but you got to be able to make plays, extend plays, and he didn't do much of that. So I think if uh, they're looking – to, to, to keep someone extra somewhere and they need to let someone go, he's going to be the first guy off the roster. um I mean, I, I like like you you said, that you felt Cole McCoy did better. I don't think Cole McCoy was bad per se. I felt like he looked like he, I, he just wasn't ready. Like, you know, a couple more. Like, if, next, I think he'd be, if he was the guy we're going to the season with and tonight was how he showed, I think each week he'd get better. So I'm not too worried about him. I think that if, you know, week seven or eight he needs to come and play a couple games i think we're going to be fine uh one thing you did mention ian is the running backs uh we thought tonight we were going to go in and it was going to be samaja peon versus rob kelly uh samaja ran away with it rob kelly was not you know that great now i know some of that's the offensive line whatever samaja Piran made the best of his opportunities he had what 37 carries for 31 yards um you know, he, he ran hard, he made some moves, he got up the, up the middle stuff you didn't see him do last year. I like what I saw from him tonight. Yeah, I believe you bet seven carries for 31 yards, not <laughs> 37 carries. Oh, I, I, I was starting to say 31 yards, and then I cut it off and said seven carries. I'm, yeah, kidding, seven.
1: I'm, just, I'm giving you a hard time, buddy, no worries. Um, I, I totally agree with you. I think Piran showed good vision tonight. Um and, you know, he's still got to work on his power. He's got to get his pad level lower. I know John Kime pointed that out on Twitter. And um, it, when he's in the middle of the field, he's just got to lower his shoulder more so, so he can fall forward. Uh, Kelly did well. He converted a couple of um, third and shorts or second and shorts to get first downs. But he just doesn't have that – he doesn't have as good vision. And since he doesn't have as much burst, he can only really be a short yardage guy. I just think P. Ryan offers more as younger, has more potential, um, and he showed that tonight. And that improved vision is what's going to help P. Ryan the most. Um, I still don't think that battle's anywhere close to done because Jake Rudin loves Rob Kelly, but I would stick with P. Ryan. I'm not sure they're going to do that. Um, in the Capri Bibbs versus Byron Marshall um, battle, that one is looking very interesting because Bibbs had that one, like, 40-yard run in the fourth quarter, but Marshall had that nice 25-yard touchdown catch in the first half. And um, I think I'd actually give the night to Marshall. Marshall didn't look particularly good between the tackles, uh, but that's not what they're going to use him for. They're going to use him as a receiving back. Um, so I, I think that Marshall, because of that one catch where he outran the linebacker, got to the edge, and used his speed to get the touchdown – I think he has the edge over Bibbs, who's a better uh, between-tackles guy, but he didn't get as many opportunities against, like, the Patriots' top guys or second
2: stringers uh, for my taste. Um, what do you guys think, Bibbs or Marshall after today? I think Marshall. I like what I saw from him. That touchdown uh, catch and run was good. He had a couple nice runs after that. Capri Bibbs didn't really catch my eye. I know he had that one big run late in the game. Uh, like like you said about the Samajapir Rob Kelly thing, I don't think that battle is anywhere close to over because I know they like pre-bibs. Byron uh, Marshall is a nice find. So it'll be interesting to see. I am I love love the running back position, love watching those guys go out. So I'm anxious to see who comes out of there and what they decide to do because do, are they going to keep four? If they keep four, are they going to keep Kelly and P. Ryan? Are they only going to keep one from each battle? It'll be very interesting to see what goes on. And, of course, as we go farther into the offseason in the training camps and when, you know, eventually week three of the preseason rolls around what Darius Guys can do. Chris Thompson can get more involved. So that's gonna be a fun position to keep an eye on and see what, what they end up with there because they got they have they have two guys locked on the roster and then they have, you know, four guys that gotta choose for one or two spots. So it'll be interesting to see who goes out and does what these next few weeks.
0: Yeah, um I didn't see the Capri Bibbs run. I did I did see the Byron Marshall touchdown reception, and I know that Jay Gruden loves versatility out of his running backs. And Byron Marshall ran a great route on the linebacker, got separation, McCoy delivered a ball, and Marshall shot up the sideline, got inside. Um, you know, I think that's valuable. I think in the, it's too close to call still because they're both very good players. Um, we'll have to see you got to think the Redskins are going to give Bibbs more of those opportunities out of the backfield receiving wise in the coming weeks so we'll see if they can get more separation I think Marshall won the night but the battle he won the battle but the war is not over just yet so we'll see what happens um we're almost out of time here let's pivot back to injuries by the time this podcast is edited and ready to go and uh, available to all you guys out there tomorrow yeah tomorrow it'll be today when you're listening to it. But by the time it comes out, um the injury updates will probably be out uh, with Geis and Ionitis. Guys, we gotta prepare for the worst. What happens if Geis is lost? What happens if Ionitis is lost?
2: If I think if Geis is lost, I think um I think it becomes another thing last year we rely on Alex Smith and Chris Thompson or the quarterback position and Chris Thompson a lot. Uh, you saw what Darius Kess was able to do with that second offensive line. He was he was doing a lot of – there was holes for him, obviously, but he was doing a lot of extra stuff, like once you got to the second and third level, making guys miss himself. So you lose that element when you go with Samajay P. Ryan and Rob Kelly and either Capri Bibbs or Brian, Byron Marshall. It'll be a massive hit to the offense. We don't know exactly what Darius Kess is going to be yet, so we can't sit there and say that that's the season, that's it, that's over, because Darius Gass could go out there against the first teams and not really get anything going. It'll be a big blow, but I think that they'll be able to survive. They survived last year without a running game. I think they'll be able to survive again. Him being healthy and on the field helps you out tremendously, and your offense goes to another level, I feel like, because you have that versatility what you can do. If Ioannidis is lost, I think it'll be less of an impact because I think you're deeper on the defensive line this year. It's going to suck not to have him there being able to push guys back and do the spin moves and get back there and Claps pocket, but you're gonna have Allen, you're gonna have Payne, you're gonna have Tim Zell showing well. So I think that it's it'll be a, a hit, but I don't think you're gonna you know, your defense is gonna drop off tremendously without Ionitis.
1: Yeah, I agree with that point. If Ionitis is hurt, you're gonna you're gonna miss that rotational pass rusher. Um, you're you're probably looking at if uh, if ionitis is hurt, uh I guess Ziggy Hood would step into the starting role with Anthony Lanier rotating in heavily. Tim Settle is the backup nose tackle, and maybe Phil Taylor makes the team while Stacey McGee tries to get healthy. Um, On offense, if Geis is out, it's going to be Rob Kelly, Chris Thompson, Smaj P. Ryan. Those guys are going to be a committee. That's just how it's going to go. I don't know if if Geis was out. I don't know if they'd give more consideration to carrying a fullback. Uh, Elijah Wellman looked pretty good tonight, for what it's worth. Uh, He caught a couple passes and looked really good comfortable as that pass catcher out of the backfield. I'm intrigued. I happen to like fullbacks. Um, uh-huh. I doubt he makes the roster as of right now, just because they're too deep at um, other positions, but he's a practice squad candidate to keep an eye on. A- at the end of the day, again, I think these MRIs are going to be important, but it's the first preseason game, so I'm not going to panic until I get actual hard news
2: about yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. And- Darius Giles was able to get up, walk around. He's gooping around teammates a little bit. Matt Ioannidis, you, know, you didn't hear anything massive about him we'll see. Potentially the biggest injury of the night was Trey Quinn. I think that might be the one that lasts a little bit longer because you don't really know what a stomach injury is with those other guys. you know, If it's something bad with that knee, we've seen it enough that the announcers and everyone could kind of tell, oh great, you know what I mean, other than maybe a sprain or whatever. So I think they'll be all right, but we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, knee injuries are weird. I had a history professor in high school who told us a story. He tore his ACL. He tripped on a backpack in his class and he walked around on it the rest of the day and then eventually it started to hurt like a couple days down the road so for NFL players you know they were happy and nothing seemed to be bothering them so we'll definitely see what happens cross your fingers guys for the best we are out of time thanks for listening guys we'll have another preview coming up for week two and we'll have a reaction pod after the second game hopefully Darius Geis and Matt Ioannidis will be making guys look silly peace out have a good night